All right. How's it going, you guys? Conrad Sports Cards here. Well, I just hit my, uh, what is this called? The sound trap, I believe. But uh, we're back with another interview, another video. It's been a while. I'm sorry about that. I do have a different setup because I want to have good camera quality, well, somewhat good camera quality and somewhat good audio quality. And that did not happen any other time that I've recorded an interview with someone or a conversation with someone. So we're trying it out. Uh, and that's why things are a little bit, a little bit different here. But I have Steven, who is a follower of mine. We've had a couple of talks before, and we're going to talk a little bit about um, sports cards, you know, internationally, stuff like that. Just a little 30 to 45 minute discussion. Hope you guys enjoy it. How are you doing today, man? Pretty good, man. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. I just realized I don't have, there's my notes. I was about to say, I don't have my notes in front of me and I usually do, but yeah, I'm doing pretty good too. So why don't you get, just give a little introduction about yourself, you know, what you do, like not even just in sports cards, but like outside of it, a little bit about your life. And then also, of course, you know, your story in the hobby. Yeah. So basically, um, like, like I said, my name is Steven. Um, I live in Germany, born and raised here, but uh, maybe as you can tell a little bit by my language, um, my dad's American, so I'm dual citizen as well. Um, therefore, I got really early in touch while still living in Germany with all these American things, NBA, NFL, sports. Uh, my family's based um, out of Washington State, so obviously huge Seahawks fan base there and of course uh supersonics in respect to nba um went to to college to high school here in germany but never actually lost touch um to that thing it really got my passion or became my passion and like i said unfortunately they take they took the the supersonics out of seattle yes Um, i'm very upset about that we talk later on with that that passion and the love for 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 our rookies uh-huh. um, right now is really a hot topic in the hobby, and that actually, um, looking back, and my grandpa collected um, a couple things there, and and yeah, that's just uh, just a little back background info about myself. All right. So, I mean, you just mentioned, you know, the Seahawks in the NBA overall, or not the, not the Seahawks, the Supersonics in the NBA overall. There's actually been discussion about them expanding the league a little bit and adding two more teams in, probably Seattle, hopefully, and Las Vegas. How excited would you be if that happened? I mean, that would mean the world to me. I had a, like, I remember it vividly the day they announced that the team will move away and I think it was due to the lack of um, support in the community. I, I don't even know, honestly. I have no idea. Uh, yeah, and I mean, everybody who knows Seattle knows their fan bases are crazy. Yes, it, it, it's it's a very loyal fan base. Um, there's been the reason that everyone says that they have to bring the supersonics back is because of just how insanely loyal the Seahawks, not the Seahawks. Why do I keep saying that the supersonics fans are, or at least, you know, were when they were still around. Uh, so hopefully they do, they do bring it. They do bring the supersonics back soon, but let's get into a little bit of discussion about some like international hobby love or attention. Right. So obviously you know, you're currently in Germany. Uh, you've been living there pretty much your entire life. So what does the market look like overall? What is like some of the most popular sports or sets? What are people buying and selling? Is it as hyped over there as people are talking about it over here? Or is it kind of just, is it a very small niche market there? And we don't really understand that over here in America. So in Europe, you really have to put it into perspective of it has not the long history of actual physical cards. Mm-hmm. 
So we're coming from Panini being Italian and having those um, sticker sets and the iconic ones are from the World Cups and so on. So um, maybe next time around, I can just bring them up. I have like starting from 2002, these Panini sets and they got traded um, during breaks in school, whatever. And that's really the hobby here or that was the hobby here. Um, it became more and more those card things because I guess companies in the States also saw that hype around that and tried to bring cards into the European market, but obviously only like match attacks. Yeah. Nothing really of value. And people are still on that hype train a little when it comes only to those big tournaments, because otherwise it's really toned down. Mm -hmm. um, the hype in the States right now, as it is, is crazy as we all know yeah but um here in europe first of all it's really hard to get a hold of those cards mm -hmm. and second of all then what i always think i love to have slabs like psa B like, yeah, like psa bgs like, knows yep exactly and you have to send them to the states and then back and there's basically no market and only the cards here in europe on ebay europe germany whatever the markup is so huge yeah yeah, the investment just is out the window. I, I was about to say, I'm I, I doubt that because I whenever people talk about it, I understand where, where they're coming from. Like they're like, oh, there's potential for this, but they always act like when I say they, I'm talking about anyone that's really involved in soccer oh, soccer cards over here in America. They always tend to think, oh, it's gonna blow up within the next year. I'm like, I doubt that. And maybe like I I'm hundred percent sure that around the World Cup things will pick up again because there have been many people that have shown like Google trend searches for soccer cards always spike during the world cup. So 2022, yeah. that'll probably happen. But as in order for cards or soccer cards to really become a staple in the industry, there, there's a lot of things that need to be fixed. And we can actually talk about that a little bit later. Like you said, you know, shipping times and, you know, just the ability to get cards, but, but we can talk about that a little bit later. Something I want to ask you is, um, obviously, like you said, stickers are, are where the hobby love has come from for many people in Europe. That's what you guys grew up with, you know, collecting by, well, yeah, buying and selling and trading with, with each other. What's, what, what's the discussion like when it comes to these Chrome cards, like Prism or Topps Chrome or anything like that? Is there really any love or attention around those cards in Europe at all? There's, I would say a really tiny, teeny, tiny market yeah. for that i mean the uk is a little bit exception because they have different product but for the rest of europe from my perspective like in germany we don't get those panini prisms and big oh i, I looked it up the other day it's only on display um champions league stickers or world cup stickers or bundesliga stickers and those cards are really like i said match attacks yeah. which don't have that they're really as a new set and all the new things are not getting that hype around here as well. So there's really nothing um, card-wise in soccer. Yeah. Um, as you could compare it to, to anything other in, in U.S. sports. I get that. And and that is one of the things that I've said is going to be why it takes so long for cards or soccer cards specifically to become a staple is just because they're so new, right? I mean, first of all, yeah. like people haven't really been paying much attention to soccer over here in America. That's kind of starting more with English Premier League finally being broadcasted more and more over here, right? I think it gets about 10 million viewers, which is pretty good for, I think, like a first couple of years. 
Um, yeah. but they just started releasing more products in soccer over here in America, right? They came out with some national treasures mm-hmm. and some prism and tops chrome and this and this and this and that and the other thing, right? We didn't usually we didn't used to have that even just like a year ago, right? So this is kind of going to be a matter of time for soccer to really grow in, in the sports card community, in my opinion, right? Yeah. Um, it 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 just that that's how it is with a lot of things, right? It just it needs time to grow from an attention standpoint, which of course then leads to growth from a monetary standpoint as well. Yeah, if you if you just compare that time span right now to those um, for the NBA, for example, mm-hmm. I mean, you now can buy graded cards from the 50s, 60s, and you needed that time to establish that audience. And then coming from here, soccer standpoint, I just brought, I just um, took out my, my really old little folder and I saw this um, Champions League card randomly in there from Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, wow. Champions League card. Let me see if I can pick it out. Yeah, just it's this we got Champions League card. Let me see. It's this Champions League card from Ronaldo. Oh, from okay. 2000. And the thing is that it, it's only value like eight, six to eight bucks or something. Uh-huh. Of course, they don't, they, the, the print run was not big. Um, but like you said, where there's no demand here or anywhere for that. So Cristiano Ronaldo or Messi, you really have to find that sweet spot. Um, and as you may have seen, the Mbappes go for way more because he still has time to develop mm-hmm. and to achieve yeah. and to build okay. that audience. I get that. Uh, yeah. What was I, I going to say? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's a matter, that's a matter of time. And actually that can kind of lead into the next section that I wanted to talk about, which is yeah. overall, I'm going to turn this down. I don't want my speaker to be catching on to the microphone. Um, but anyway, um, we can talk about like ideas or things that need to happen in order for this to grow, right? Because we're talking about how yeah. it needs to grow in order for soccer to kind of become a staple or to become well-known in the sports card community. Um, so certain things that need to happen. One of the big things that you kind of just mentioned was, you know, you have to send the cards to the States in order to get them graded in order to, in, in the, of course, also the supply is very limited. So obviously I think the first step, the first thing that really needs to happen, and I'm kind of surprised it hasn't happened yet is Panini needs to have like a headquarters or manufacturer located more or more manufacturers located in European countries, right? Because if they really want to get some of that, the market share that's out of the United States, they need to try, they need to make an attempt to do that, right? And the same thing goes for the grading companies if PSA or BGS could open at least one like headquarters or something small. Yeah, something small in in Germany, in the UK, in wherever, Norway, some random place, just somewhere that's not the United States. That ultimately is going to lead to a lot more growth for the the hobby within like the next five years, I think. So in my opinion, that's the first thing that needs to happen. That's like a big, big idea that I think both of them should at least be considering. Um, However, I I do understand that sports cards is a pretty niche market, so they may not have quite the... uh, quite the budget to do that yet but i feel like they weren't considering the growth that we've seen recently and just the amount of money that's flowing into these companies um but is there any other ideas or well i have a couple others but if there's any ideas that you'd like to offer i thought i thought you brought up a really i thought you brought up up a really good point of there's not enough money in the market yet 
But looking at um, the developments, only of the last, let's say, four weeks, five weeks, the mantle, like last week, uh, the Jordan um, for yeah. almost 800K. Um, and those things, I'm sure, I don't know how about you, Phil, but the, the Jordan will be this year 100% um, valued over a million dollars. I, I 100% agree. We, got, we, we still have like 10 months for that card to grow, and it's already... Exactly. We've seen two sales already hit 800,000. I doubt that it stays at that price. But yeah. if that means that the new floor created is like five or 600,000, we still have 10 months to double that price. And I don't think that, I think we could get, we could get over that easily. And then, and then coming from a year ago, that card was at 32. Something K, like that. It was very, like very small. I want to say between 30 and 50. And, 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 and of course you have now Rob G and Gary V coming into the space. And of course, Gary V being one of the first. Um, to, to hop on that train um, what need to happen is maybe like an ambassador or somebody who is really celebrity um, not specific to the mm -hmm. card market or anything to to speak about it yeah because um, I'm, I'm speaking to my friends and and, and and other business owners where I just in meetings like hey you know what I, I invested in cards and a couple months ago they just laughed yeah um, like what are you doing with sports cards like NBA, they they were playing the bubble and this team is not even existing anymore. Um, and now showing some results is really okay. So mm -hmm. I think what really needs to happen is more conversation on a um, bigger bigger stage. Mm -hmm. Bigger for scale. Example. Yep. Bigger scale for sure. And then as you said, um, I buy my cards um, all on eBay US. Yeah. Because otherwise it's just not feasible. I would I will never bring them to Germany. Yeah, um, I get that. I get that. Um, what was I gonna say? So yeah, I mean I agree with you. Things kind of have to be talked on about on a bigger scale. We've had like small, not small, because like any celebrity is still a celebrity regardless, but we've had celebrities with like 10 million followers or you know, a little bit higher jump into it. But of course, no one's really active, active like Gary V quite is where he's talking about it a lot. And that does have to happen on a larger scale, exactly what you said. However, like I bet if someone, like one person with 50 plus million followers, which I don't believe has really happened yet, says like one thing about sports cards, all of a sudden that's like close, that's 50 million people to have a chance to see that. And that at least plants a seed in their mind of, oh, sports cards, my favorite celebrity talked about it. All like that, that's just a big market that all of a sudden could come in. Not big, but that's a big audience that could all of a sudden come into yeah. cards exactly like do you, you said. think do you think that's also a threat because um I, what i've noticed is when gary v drops a name all those people who are not like a little bit more mainstream and not into the hobby mm -hmm. just go berserk on those cards and then for a time span of five to six days the market for the card just explodes well kind of i guess right um like that that's the biggest issue in order for it to grow it wouldn't be bad but if if we get to a point where it's like officially mainstream we're seeing cards everywhere it's literally ingrained into teenage culture into culture from it like if it's if it's widespread international and all that stuff which i doubt will happen anytime soon it's going to take a while and that's what that initial growth is needed for you know those big celebrities coming in um, but if, if it gets to that point and it's that big and those celebrities are still talking about it, then it gets really bad because it's most likely them just trying to make a little bit more money off of the audience that they've built up, you know, buy, they buy all those cards beforehand, say a couple things about it. And then all of a sudden everyone goes and buys those cards. Right. Um, so that would 
be terrible because then it, it just gets to a point where obviously, you know, the, the top celebrities are literally just completely controlling the market and performance barely matters anymore because it's like, well, I mean, now performance would still matter because if someone like drops 50 in a game and we have 10 times the audience we do now, those cards are going to be even more reactionary than they are currently. So but let, let me, let me, sorry to interrupt you, but let no, me don't worry about it. put here a, a little comparison because I've, um, I've been in the sports industry and apparel industry um, as you see a shoe I don't know, whatever, a Nike shoe is mm. ugly as hell. But as soon as Travis or yeah. somebody else wears them, it does not matter. And yeah. I think that you can transfer exactly that opinion onto cards, maybe. It doesn't matter as long as, like, you you, you get my point, right? Yeah. So it's really something you cannot grab or estimate. Yeah, it's... It's really tough. Regardless, I think that temporarily this is bad for the the collecting community. Uh, for like for the average collecting community, this is terrible because all the cards that they can't afford and all the cards that they enjoy are getting too out of their price range. But for anyone that's like a high end collector that's really chasing like this one of one Michael Jordan exquisite auto or whatever, I don't really even know if that exists. But like a super high end card this is great for them because they're more likely going to be able to find that card because someone with a super high end card may be like, look, this is super hot. I'm going to, I th I'm going to sell this now because I think it's going to be the hottest it ever gets in 20 years, even if they're wrong or not. I don't know. Um, and then they decide to sell that card. And that is the one time in the next 20 years that card is available. And those high end collectors get a chance to buy. So what we're going through now, I'd say it's a good and bad thing. If more and cele yeah. more celebrities get into it, it's good for the growth, but bad in the long term if they continue to 100%. run a quote unquote pump and dump. Um, but I, I do, I still think that in order for this to be taken to the next level, we just need to, it to be talked about in a larger scale, right? Like there's probably only about a hundred thousand people actively involved in this community. If I had to guess, maybe one hundred and fifty. Um, like if, if you, I'm basing this just off of like the largest card accounts I see, like the largest followed card YouTube channel that I've or card, like strictly card based I, yeah. social media platform of any kind as I believe Pac-Man on YouTube with like 55,000 subscribers or something like that. And yeah. not everyone's going to be following him on YouTube, right? So I'm going to guess, like, I just tripled that number for anyone that's older that isn't really doing it, for anyone that's younger that isn't really active on social media, right? So I'm going to guess, like, 150,000 people are, which is not all that large if we think about it compared to some other stuff like sneakers or even just sports betting or daily fantasy yeah. or anything like that, which is what it's compared to a lot of the times. So there's still a lot of room to grow. And I think of course those celebrities take it to that next level. Um, one other idea that, that I wanted to mention as far as being able to expand cards to um, like d just internationally rather than just in the U S yeah, yeah, exactly. Would be, and this isn't this isn't sports card specific. Like, if we could use this in esports, Call of Duty, Fortnite cards. You know, whether this is the gamers like the games, the uh, like whatever uh, Booga for for Fortnite. I really don't pay that much attention to esports, so if, I don't even know if I'm right. pronouncing these guys' names right. But esports is going to be a growing growing sport for years, right? This is this is unfortunately not unfortunately, but this is the new this is the new sport of the future because a lot of people like to yeah. well, a lot of kids like to watch twitch streamers play games and you know if we can if i think that at some point if we start to create more cards based around esports like during tournament times and stuff like that those cards could get hot and 
you know, maybe that maybe in the long term that leads to even more growth. I mean, this is this is me just kind of rambling, yeah. bouncing ideas off of you and just see, like seeing what, what you're so, thinking as well. Ultimately, uh, it comes down to a supply and demand question, I would say. And of course, if this trend, but I will, uh, I think the e-sports um, niche or yeah, industry is in its early stages, kind of really for first oh, ever so. level overall. So it, it really um, continues to be the topic of, will it stay relevant? And then the ultimate question where I wanted to get at is, will there be a demand for saying, yes, I want that bug, uh, I don't know, <laughs> autograph, um, t-shirt, yeah. patch, whatever. Yeah. Like, will there be a demand? And I don't, I don't know if that will happen. Because mm-hmm. um, nowadays I would say they give out photos and everything like these are actual like still so close to their fans mm-hmm. um and from my perspective um i'm not too involved into that into mm-hmm. into esports um but i would say the sport where you can actually see someone perform on a daily basis and um is, is still a little bit more um relatable i would yeah. say of yeah. course, you can also play every other game, other yep. day. That same thing, yeah. but it still has this nostalgia with it. Sports cards. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I think that if cards like were to get involved in esports, I don't know for sure if it would be the same way that it is today, right? Because a physical copy of like a modern card may not really be all that popular twenty years from now, just because of the way that we're shifting towards everything being digital. Maybe, you know, NBA Top Shot or blockchain cards from Panini really take off and that becomes a new thing. I have no idea. I can't predict it. But then maybe, of course, then maybe soccer blockchain comes out. Maybe football blockchain comes out. Maybe esports blockchain comes out at some point. We don't really know. But, you know, that that's just potentially another route that cards uh, cards could take in order to grow in the long term. Now, something that I did want to mention is, and this kind of relates to the esports factor because, you know, there was obviously the whole Pokemon hype train a little while ago. Logan Paul, I think, just recently announced he's spending like $2 million on Pokemon boxes or something again or something. I I haven't really looked into it. Someone just sent me the graphic right before I hopped on this conversation, so I didn't really check it out. Um, But he's doing something else with Pokemon again. I don't think that it's much of a short-term gain side of sort of thing. I think it's most certainly a long-term hold. Um, I do like Pokemon because the, the, the real quick, the way that I've always said this market would collapse because people wonder about overpopulation and stuff like that. I don't worry about any of that just because of multiple factors that I don't want to, you know, get too into right now. But the biggest factor would be like if the U S went through economic distress of some sort, and people decided they want to pull their money out of cards and just focus on survival and making sure that their family and themselves, they're all okay, right? Then, of, of course, the market would crash. You get you lose like 80 to 90% of your demand just because crash. of the U.S. Exactly, right? And that ultimately leads to just this, this golden era of cards ending, right? But what I love about Pokemon is that it's got major international love, right? Because it's it, yes. the games and the, the books and the TV shows, they weren't just a United States thing. They started out, of course, you know, in Japan, right? That's where it's huge. So yes. it has all this international support. And even if the all the sports cards were to tank, I think Pokemon may dip, of course, a little bit. But then I think that they'd continue to thrive for yeah. a very long time. So, so yeah. yeah, go ahead, get into it. So what I, so take the hype from sports cards in the U.S., 
and apply it, of course, because we're a little like less people over here. Um, oh, let me see. Um, you're fine. Um, put it up, apply it over here. Um, the hype is real around Pokemon because um, it, it has always been a topic. Um, the kids who grew up with it and actually um, experienced the start of Pokemon are now in that age range where they can spend some major money within mm-hmm. their late 20s early 30s kind of ish so they earn they have a bigger buying power um to put it in perspective uh, we actually had last week saturday or sunday um they bought a for 40k um uh, first edition case and streamed oh, wow. it on twitch germany only uh, german language yeah of course worldwide and they had a 290,000 viewers on there. Wow. Wow. That's insane. I mean, that right there. That says everything. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's not even just people that love cards. That's just people that love the Pokemon community in general, right? They, they, they're they just exactly. interested. Exactly. It, like, that, it's I big. watched it only because I love cards. I, I'm not into Pokemon. There's I just a lot of, Pokemon. yeah, there's a lot of factors that go right into it. Um a lot of factors. And so obviously when I say the long-term hold, I'm talking about that vintage stuff, first edition, but I want to pitch this idea to you. This was kind of like, you know, one of those other ideas expanding internationally, but this is just something I've been thinking about for the growth of Pokemon. If Pokemon were to incorporate their, their physical cards into a game of some sort, if they can have some sort of game that has quite the success that Pokemon go did right. Where if you rip, like you rip these packs and then if you get like a Charizard, whatever the new x is like the vx or whatever that is if you get that card you can you you can battle with it in real life and then all of a sudden you've got like these and esports is kind of combined inside of it like you have these esports trainers battling back and forth with their charizard vx right and then all of a sudden if they win the tournament that charizard vx is just like luka Doncic or whatever that dropped 40 points in a game that card just spikes up because they win the championship I think if if Pokemon can incorporate some more modern cards into some successful game like that, then the modern market even has a chance to really thrive in the long term just as much as the first edition sort of sets. Yeah, and and here's what I think. I think um, you said it perfectly with modern market or modern day and and nostalgia kind of. Um, Compare it to um, Nintendo. So they had this nostalgia around them. Everybody loved them and they played the games, but they were not into the modern day handheld mobile device market. Mm -hmm. So they brought out the app. Mario Kart app was a huge success in the beginning. I don't know how it goes right now, but um, it's pretty much dead, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. But the first, the wave was good, but what's the incentive about just racing? And so um, the problem was uh, they hadn't have a story or product around it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't, you couldn't um, set up a pack set of, yeah. I don't know, 20 drivers and then pull everything. I would say with Pokemon, you have a huge variety of things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you can buy those cards, I don't know, redeemable only once in a lifetime. Yeah. And then you can trade the physical card, but the other part stays in the app and, um, global uh, infrastructure, which, which already I think exists with the Pokemon Go festivals, you can incorporate that mm-hmm. within, and you have a huge fan base behind that, which yeah. is right now active. I would say you have a really pretty good idea. You should pitch probably to <laughs> to, to to the guys at Pokemon. 
I mean, I, there's like a real shot there. I mean, that's that would be more for the growth of cards, but especially like as graphics, of course, get more and more realistic. Like if if that Charizard looks like a real like a real thing, like then there's a major shot, of course, that it that it catches fire. Um, and in that same sense, I don't know enough about these markets like Yu-Gi-Oh and Magic. They could, of course, potentially take that same route. I, uh, yeah, I'm gonna guess. Obviously, you don't really know that much either. Um, but they could they could obviously they could potentially save take that same route, right? But um, yeah, honestly, I, yeah. It's it's the same thing. It's a uh, yeah. I, it's nowhere out there the, the answer. I, I don't yeah, know it. Exactly. I I I, just, I found some old Yu-Gi-Oh cards also here in my little <laughs> folder. Uh, but like you said, um, I'm not too big into the yeah. those markets. Yeah, same. I'm I'm the wrong person to ask about that. Um, I do know that there's a 40 minute timer on these things. I have no clue where that timer is, but that's what the pop up was like telling me about a 40 minute timer of some sort. I think you got um, upgraded to an unlimited. Yeah, we can. I, I honestly, I have no idea what yeah. happened. But uh, honestly, that was that was all I had for you, like discussion points today. If you have any questions or any ideas that you want to talk about right now, go ahead and mention them. But uh, I don't. So, you know, we can wrap things up if you want. Yeah. No. Um. Basically, that um. I le- one thing I wanted to talk about was um your take on um modern day the modern hype about modern players and how that will pan out with the nostalgia and the historical ones and what do you think will happen short and long term short term i think that i honestly think this is kind of this was obviously this was a correction in the market uh it's a bit of an overcorrection at this point because i think modern is dipping extremely fat not extremely fast but it's dipping hard um like a lot there's a lot of stuff happening honestly overall we're seeing a major dip in prism but we're seeing i saw someone talk about this earlier talking sports cards i believe that's his name something along those lines uh, on instagram he made a little chart where he showed select was really kind of catching fire and prison was dipping down and not too long ago sports card investor with like 50 60 000 followers and you know on on a bunch of platforms he talked about how he believes in select long term is going to overtake prism mm-hmm. so that has a factor for maybe why prism is dipping and other modern markets are aren't uh, but I think once again, I think this was a correction because these modern cards were way too close to these, uh, you know, like these all-time greats in in the sports card community, or all, not in just all sports card community, but in sports, right? You're seeing like Luka Doncic being three times of Shaq cards, right? But we're finally seeing a little bit of movement there. He's still more expensive, but it's not quite as drastic of a gap as it used to be. So like I think this was a correction. Compare, exactly. Compare compare Zion to Tim Duncan. I mean. Exactly. Exactly. Like it just it just doesn't make sense because there's there's so much risk involved. Now I do think that the prices that these modern guys hold is quite deserving just because of the demand factor, right? I don't think yeah. that it should be that way. I think it's very risky. Um I but but it's it's just a matter of how many people are in the hobby and how many people want those cards, right? It's it's just what happens. Um, but short term, I think that modern's going to catch up again. We're kind of in that downswing time where the, the beginning of the NBA season has faded off. The NFL season's almost over. Baseball isn't really starting yet. So there's not a ton of exciting stuff going on besides your occasional NBA game. And I guess now, obviously, the Super Bowl for the NFL. But after that, then there's nothing. So oh, yeah. it's kind of just a down period where it's like nothing's really going on. It's not that exciting anymore. But I'm guaranteeing you around playoff time, which is still like four months away, um, for the for the NBA, all of a sudden you're gonna see cards back on fire again because it's typically just what happens. Playoff time is like the most hot time for sports cards. 
it's right at the beginning no of what. playoff time, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And so once that happens again, I can guarantee you, you're going to see Lucas Doncic start to go back up. You're going to see uh, if they're in the playoffs, right? You're going to see Jason Tatum go back up. You're going to see LeBron, Kawhi, Giannis, Kevin Durant. All of these guys are going to start going up. Um, so I do think that's what's going to happen in the short term. In the long term, yeah. I don't think that we're going to be in this golden uh, golden age forever, right? Whether it's the next five years, whether it's the next 10 years, at some point, this market, the modern market, is going to crash. And when it does, a lot of these cards that we're seeing today are going to be worthless. And I think National Treasures and just a lot of this short print stuff, obviously, like many people talk about, that's the safest. That's because that's what people are going to want once these cards are considered vintage, right? So the, the base, the base cards long-term, those are just going to die. I don't know when it's going to be, but those are, those are going to be dead once the market starts to cool off. Um, you know, and and it was fun while it lasted, but I don't really have much for the long-term. I do think, I think it's, I think long-term it's pretty simple. You know, the good guys are going to go up. The guys that didn't play so well throughout their careers are going to go down. And that's kind of just hold your, hold your Jordans. Exactly. That's that's just kind of how it is. That's why so many people are trying to capture as much of these, these all-time greats as they can, because they understand that in the long-term things are going to play out well for them. Right. So we'll see what happens. Um, But those are kind of my quote unquote predictions. Uh, yeah, that's all I had for you guys watching today. And of course for Steven, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. I had a really good talk. It was a blast. Um, if you guys want go check them out on Instagram, you can, you can leave your handle. I think obviously you put it on zoom, but if you want to like yeah. read it out loud for people as well, you can go ahead. S T I seven. I yeah. Are you, are you a photographer by the way? Yeah. I checked out your page. I love your pictures. They look really good. Um, so go, go check, go check out his page, especially if you love photography. Um, I don't think I even follow you yet. So I'm going to have to definitely follow you as well. Um, but if you're watching this on YouTube or if you're listening to this on Spotify, I will have my other social media accounts linked in my description. There will be a link tree, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, pod, whatever, whatever you want to follow, go ahead and do that. Uh, but this is all we had for you guys today. I really appreciate it. And I will see you guys next time.